come on. Yeah, come on. It's like that. It's like that. Hello and welcome to my young, loyal listeners of Teen Bible Study Talk in 10 Minutes. So what do you know? Word on the go. This podcast is brought to you by and produced by Real Time with the Bennett, where real talk happens all the time. I'm your host, Minister Bennett, of today's episode, and my co-host is the lovely Sister Bennett, as my husband affectionately calls me. Thank you for allowing and trusting us to be a part of your Christian walk. In this week's episode, we will be discussing who's the judge, jury, and censor of our faith. It ain't you, according to God's word. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We are live in the PNT Podcast Studio, back with another great lesson for another great week. And yep, you guys guessed it. We're going to talk about judging, judgment, and being judgmental. So let's get right down to it. The world and the biblical meaning of judge. To form an opinion or conclusion about, that is the verb tense. We can find this biblically in Romans 14, 10 through 13. And it reads, You then, why do you judge your brother or sister? Or why do you treat them with contempt? For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. It is written, As surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me, every tongue will acknowledge God. So then each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in the way of a brother or sister. Let me start by saying God doesn't need your help doing his job. What job is that? God is the only one capable of being the judge of the world and Christians like you and me. Let's start today, not tomorrow, but today by tendering and handing in our resignation, quitting the job we took without God's permission. And he never gave us to be a judge, juror, and decider of fate. He didn't give us that job. Tender your resignation, hand in your two-week notice, not even two-week, hand, just quit. Just quit. It's, jo- it's God's job. We should do this out of our humble respect of God's authority. See, let's not do his job. Let's respect that God could do it all by himself. He don't need our help. Attempting to do a job that we have no experience at, at all only shows our immaturity and ignorance of God's love and plan. Yeah, I said ignorant because we are all smarter than that and we know better. If we are honest, We judge others from a place of our pain and hurt, thus causing us to look down on people only seeing their faults and negativity. Let me ask you this. What did God see when he began to judge you? So I see you guys have a question. And your question is, what are we usually guilty of judging? Boy, you guys are really, really great at asking some tough questions. That that, that was good. Because sometimes we do it and don't even know what we're doing. Great question. I'll answer it this way. At the end of the day, we all, not some, not excluding you, we all must answer to God for the way we live our lives individually. Not collectively, not as a family, not as a body of believers, but by our lonesome. You can't and won't be judged on your mamas, your daddies, your grandmas, your granddad's faith or life. That's not you. That's not yours. We are guilty of looking down on a new believer a new convert whose faith is weak and not growing at a pace we believe it should. I want you to reflect back. You've done it before. We use ourselves, which is dangerous, 
as the measuring stick on where they should be at a certain time during their walk, walk with God. We can't measure other people that way. We, we can't judge them that way because it's not our job. God has a time and a purpose for them. Just be there to support and guide them. Simply put, you, I, and them will be judged by God for the ways we personally failed or succeeded. There's nothing you can do about it. As I close this segment, before we take our quick break, I want you to open your mind to this scripture, Matthew 7, 3-5. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eyes and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. You don't live in a glass house, so don't throw no stones. Because we're all, we all have sinned and fall short of the glory. I stole Sister Bennett's line. We all have sinned and fall short of the glory. Father God, I come to you right now thanking you for this time. Thank you for my young little listeners, for their heart, their dedication, Lord God, to be more like you. So, Lord God, we ask right now that you, remo- that you would remove that judgmental spirit, that criticism spirit that we carry with us, Lord God, that we look on others in a shameful way because they're not what we think they should be. They're not what we are, that we're above them. So remove that spirit from us, O oh God, as you remove all of our sins, thought, deed, or action in every way, Lord God. Give us a new spirit as David cried out for. Make us white as snow. Give us the spirit that you would have us to have, Lord God, but not one of judgment. Because you know why? That is your job and your job alone, and we trust you. Amen. We are back live in the PNT Podcast Studio, where hopefully you took that time to tender and write your resignation from being a judge of God's people. So let's look at some practical ways to stop judging and and start loving God's people. Here are some steps that I think we can take to change our judging ways to God's loving ways. Step one, understand your own judgment. The key to this in your life is to self-reflect one's own life. Look at yourself. If you truly want to rid yourself of judgment, you must recognize those things and thoughts in your life that you need to remove. We must be the gatekeeper of our inner thoughts. See, it's the way we think that causes us to judge others. Number two, Accept your pain and move on. We are critically judgmental because we've been hurt and it doesn't matter how big or small, it fuels our judgment. It created an attitude of anger, pride, and get back. These emotions and our judgment towards God's people aren't good. See, it creates these emotions in us that forces us to treat God's people a certain way and judge them. The converse is easy when we are at our happiest and we feel complete. We don't look to judge or search out people to join pity parties by wrongfully judging them because we're happy. So we don't do it. But when we're upset and angry, oh God, we want everybody to be part of our pity party. We want them to be sad too. Being attentive to resolve the hurts and pains can unlock the door to love and compassion versus judgment. Step three, project love and not judgment. We know this all too well. Prayer allows us to put aside judgment and usher in God's love. Consistent prayer is the answer to expanding more love and rids of the world's judgment. Buckle up. If you aren't religious, let me say it again. 
if you aren't religious, your prayers are an expression of love for you and the people around you. If you are religious, then your prayers are a void. See, being a lover of Christ doesn't require you to be religious. It requires you to love God. By making prayer a constant habit, you shift your stinking thinking, Sister Ben's words, and judgment to something more beautiful and positive than a place of judgment. Prayer pushes us to a place of beauty and positivity and away from judgment. Number four, perception. Know that as you heal from your past pain and hurt through prayer, you can begin to manifest more of God's love and compassion. Your focus is immediately turned from judging people to loving people. For what may be the first time in a long time for you, you'll see people and perceive them in a positive way, offering help and hope to them, not judgment and despair. Number five, eradicate and remove. Because of this newfound ability to perceive by using God's eyes to see what's true and good to see people or situations with clarity, you are now armed with the tools to remove your negative energy. This removal of judgment and thoughts brings you one step closer to the final act in your healing. Who doesn't want healing? And number six, forgiveness. Yeah, you guys thought that was not part of this. Number six is forgiveness. The final step in the process is forgiving the situation, the person and yourself for harboring and entertaining this judgmental spirit. It is said that our fascination with unforgiveness and unwillingness to forgive is what keeps us in bondage to the cycle of judgment. So forgive yourself and forgive others that we may move forward and stop judging them. Hey, let's see what they're rapping about over here in the conversation corner. Hey, Minister Bennett. What y'all rapping about over here? I was running a little late, and when I walked in, the group was talking. One conversation I overheard with three friends. One was saying, what? Why not? You should try it. Don't be so scary. Funny that I should hear that conversation because our lesson was about judging. So I asked the group, how many of you feel some kind of way when either your family member or friend won't do what you asked and what you think they should do? Now, I knew I wasn't going to get an answer, but I wanted them to think. So I went on to say, just because a person does not do what you think they should do or the way you think they should or act the way you think they should does not make that person a bad person. What we need to realize as a people, not just one race or one culture, as a people, is that there are some who have values and morals. These are not the people that go along with whatever is presented to them. No, they have standards in which they live by. Just because you do something a certain way doesn't mean that your friend or family member is going to do it the way that you do it. We are all different. Even twins, triplets, or quadruplets have different personalities. We are unique individuals. So who are we to judge another? The Bible tells us in Romans 14, verses 12 and 13, So then each of us shall give account of himself to God. Therefore, let us not judge one another anymore, but rather resolve this, not to put a stumbling block or a cause to fall in our brother's way. 
When we try to get someone to do or say something that they don't want to, we have now become their stumbling block because you put that person in a position that if they don't do it or say it, you will judge them or not be their friend. That's just not cool. This scripture says that you have to give an account to God for yourself. Don't be that person that tries to make others think like you, hate like you, tease like you. Remember, you will have to give an account. God has his hand on each of our lives and none of us are perfect. And if you don't want to be judged, don't judge others. Accept people for who they are. And if they are not living how you are living, it's all good. Continue to be God's witness. Don't be a stumbling block. You live right. You do and say the right things. And most importantly, love the unlovable. In summary, the importance of knowing you're not the judge of other believers in Christ but Christ is. I will close with this quote, Judgment Day. Someday it won't matter how rich you were, the car you drove, the house you lived in, or how popular you were. On that day, only a relationship with Jesus Christ will matter. As always, please don't forget to subscribe and share so that you and your friends will get all future notifications when new and exciting episodes are uploaded and posted. Until next time, stay safe and live a life holy and acceptable to God. After all, it's your reasonable service. With a special thank you to LJ Productions for post-production's editing techniques that's used for this podcast. This podcast was sponsored in part by the Body of Christ Church in Waldorf, Maryland, Pastor Kenneth E. Stewart, its Christian Education Ministry, in association with Real Time with the Bennetts. A real talk what? You got it. Happens all the time. Yeah, it's like that.